Good morning. It's Rennie Doyle Podcast. This is Rennie, and good morning, Chris. How's it going? It's going good. I'm a little confused. I, I don't know what day of the week it is anymore. Oh, no, exactly. Right? I, it's Groundhog's Day, you know? My, my routine's been messed up. Yeah. <laughs> well, today, so why Tuesday instead of Wednesday? We're throwing a, a kind of a, a curve at everybody is that we got a really big week ahead of us, and tomorrow is a travel day for me. And then also, probably the main reason is I've got a buddy of mine. So what does SR-71s and U-2 spy planes have in common with this podcast? Oh, for me? I would... No, this guy right here. No, yeah. we're just, just – that's – we'll get into it here in a second. But we're going to – we'll explain what SR-71s and U-2 spy planes have got in common with this podcast. But so what uh, – big week ahead. We've got Jersey Weekend is one of the events. So it's a bummer that you're going to miss that. Uh, yeah, you get, you're going. You're going to. I think you're taking a little side trip to Virginia. You said first, and that, then, then yeah, Jersey. yeah. So I get to go and meet our first granddaughter. Uh, on uh, I'll get there Wednesday, like well, early Thursday morning, about one in the morning. So I'll get to meet, <clears throat> get to see my baby, our daughter, and our son-in-law, and then uh, meet our granddaughter. So. Pretty excited about that. And then I travel to uh, kind of exciting too. I'm taking a road trip. So I'm going to drive from Virginia to New Jersey, uh, which I haven't driven in that part of the country, like, you know, distance. So it's kind of it's about a seven hour drive. So it's going to be kind of cool. And then uh, go down to Jersey weekend. We've got a mafia event that uh, we haven't been able to have for a couple of years because of all this bullshit. And uh, now we're going to have it. So that's why we're here on a Tuesday versus a Wednesday. And we are. It feels like uh, – it just feels like – I don't know. It just doesn't – it feels weird. It, it, it's funny how your time clock works, you know, oh, on yeah. all days. But we didn't want to skip one for you guys. So here it is. And Dwayne's here. And so um, so real quick, what's on the T-shirt? Oh, it's an Alfa Romeo today. Um you know, I haven't gotten a new one of these in a while. They haven't had any designs that have spoken to me in, in about a month or two. So, but uh, anyway, it's a cool Alfa Romeo. Got a, a shot of the rear of it. So I like it. I just got a new shirt, but I couldn't wear it today. So I'm wearing one of my, I'm wearing a mafia shirt. So these, these are cool though. This is a limited <laughs> edition, but I, yeah, I could, the one I just got, I can't get. All right. No, excuse you, you me. Can't I can't it. wear it. Too naughty. For some people, put it this way: it's got a hashtag that's going around right now that some people would, you know, not not dig. So I just didn't didn't wear it. All right, but well, maybe maybe you can wear it on the airplane tomorrow. Yeah, I think I'd probably get kicked off. You know, <laughs> I think I'd probably get kicked off. So, so uh, I'm going to introduce this guy. Dwayne's one of my good friends from Idaho. He's here visiting us, and his wife and him are in Vegas. Uh, she wasn't feeling well, so so Dwayne just drove over. We met Dwayne uh, close to 20 years ago, him and his wife, Suk. And uh, Dwayne was – you'd been out of the Air Force for a while, but we just we just hit it off right away. So he's a veteran. Uh, you know, he did a career in the in the, uh, the Air Force, and I'll, I'll let him tell you what he did. Uh, here's what I love about this guy is a 20-year friendship is that he's an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. We both survived 08, which was a tough. That was tough. <laughs> that was tough, you know, because we both had active businesses and everything else going on. But Dwayne goes back and remembers me back in my tool days when I was still 
you know, I was still buffing stuff and, and uh, active in the shops and doing a lot of other things. But we go back a long ways. We've had a, we have deep discussions, man. Political, non-political. Late last night. Yeah, late last <laughs> night, you know, sitting in the living room and just it was it was like old times, you know, so it's pretty cool. At least you gave me coffee. That's exactly <laughs> it. We got coffee this morning and, and Chris, we're gonna drink yours for you since you don't do coffee. Uh, we'll make sure to drink drink some extra ones. Yeah, for you could you could you could have my my uh, my pot. Yeah, there you go. So hey, real quick, uh so Chris started something something new. So how's the how's the training going? Uh, not much in, in terms of training. I just started uh, going to the gym for the first time ever. I've never been a gym guy, but I decided, I decided to try it. <clears throat> um, last week was first week. I went a couple days. Uh, I was supposed to go again last night after our webinar with the mafia. And uh, I walked out of my uh, my lovely little office here and um, there was all sorts of chaos and hell going on because of kids. And yeah. uh, before we knew it, another hour and a half went by and we just never made it. Right. You know, I've learned, I've learned something valuable. Go in the morning before the chaos happens. Yeah. Well, you know, 7 a.m. podcasts don't help either. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. And then I, I send you that note, you know, late. So it, uh, well, cool. We'll keep at it. And if you want me to send you some workouts, I've got a couple of great ones that would, that make a big difference. Seriously, they'll, they'll really help you. Yeah. Well, ba baby steps for now. I'm, I'm just, I'm sticking to three machines there. All cardio stuff. Uh, my favorite has been uh, the elliptical machine so far. That's so, cool. I like that one. Well, you know, and here's the deal: is you can set up there. Is Brittany around right now? No, not at the moment. Okay, good. <laughs> you set up there, and you can see all the talent that's coming in and out of the. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, not that you look, but you know, just in case, medically speaking, in case you have to do CPR, you know. You got the way of the land going on, just in case. Medically, remember that excuse. Medically, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, hey, Dwayne. So, 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 introduce yourself real quick, man. Well, my name is Dwayne Hamilton. As he said, I am from Idaho, retired Air Force. Um, him and I did meet at a time that was a little bit different than the normal times. Um, I was at the time with my brother in a property management slash real estate business that we owned. Uh, had been going great for many, many years, but it got to the point that we really couldn't, uh, keep both of us on the staff. And so I decided to go back out and work for somebody, went through a direct TV standpoint and then went and, uh, became an industrial mechanic out at, uh, a cheese factory in Idaho where cool. I proudly cut the cheese. That's it. And yep. uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, uh, literally from. If you don't realize how much string cheese is eaten, we did between about 120 to 140,000 pounds of string cheese a day. Jeez. And that was a 24 hour, 365 day type uh, environment that uh, I was lucky enough to be on a six at night till six in the morning shift and kind of kind of tore me up. And I said when I went there originally, I wasn't going to continue to be working for somebody else. Somehow I had to get back into business. And you did it. And, and you guys did it. Yep. Through my wife. Um, at that time, she kept saying, well, it's pretty reasonable to do nails. Yeah. And that's so. that's when we were all hanging out a lot. And, you know, the girls had their nails done. And, and it was survival mode at that point. And, you know, today is paying the price with, with hardcore discipline. That's kind of the – and so Dwayne and I were talking last night. And his whole career, everything in. And 08, you know, when we met, everything was good, right? And you know what? Here's the biggest thing is we survived 08 
to, to grow bigger and better. Things are better than they ever have been now. So you gotta, you know, people that face hardships, just keep facing the hardships. It's discipline. So let's go back is that in the military is discipline paid off because you're not an average guy and you weren't the average airman. So tell us what, what, what two airframes did you primarily spend most of your career working on? The, the main ones that I worked on was, uh, I was what they called environmental systems. So it was heating, air conditioning, pressurization, liquid oxygen, nitrogen, on SR-71s and U-2 aircraft. So it was, uh, it was an interesting career. Um, we basically said we were stationed at Beale Air Force Base, but we went all over the world with the airplanes. When they moved, we moved. Yep. Um, UK, so, Japan. I mean, Well, I was stationed over at UK. We opened up what they called the TR-1 program, which is a whole uh, political reason why they called it a TR-1 instead of a U-2. Um, just because they said they'd never build another U-2 again, so they changed some of the airframe a little bit as far as wiring and stuff and renamed it. So Congress would make sure they <laughs> yeah. would pay for it. So, and, so, And that's an airframe that's ironically still in, in use today. It is. I mean, and, that, and really, in all honesty, highly needed. You can have all the satellites you want, but you can't necessarily get them where you want them when you need them there. That's exactly it. And so to think yeah. that aircraft was developed, what, in the 50s, right? And came up through like a B-52 like bomber. Who would have ever guessed it all these years later? But here's the deal. As you know, we were up at the Museum of Flight, and they've got the uh, the CIA version of your SR-71. SR-71, where you, know? you can actually sit in the actual uh, the cockpit. they got a cockpit. There. But, but the actual plane there is I was sitting over the nose of it, and it's on display. And I was telling the guys about you, you know, and, and, and it's pretty amazing to think, I mean, that hardware back when you were working on it. So, so back then, I mean, when you're a young guy and all of a sudden, you know, you get that call, you're working on the, you know, the environmental systems and stuff. And that plane at the time was, there was a lot of uh, secrecy to that airplane. Uh, I think there probably still, it still is a lot. Um, that even we wouldn't know about. Even though you work on the airplane, you see things that are there, you see other people that work on it, but they have a lot of uh, individuals that, that they take the information and they go in with the information versus, you know, somebody like myself that's out working on the aircraft that some of the information we had would be considered secret, I guess, but uh, it was more, back then it was more the, the actual sensors and systems in it that right. would tell you about the airplane that was more secret to us and yet this day and age it's like my rental car it does more than that airplane oh, yeah. probably would have done Abs back then, absolutely so. absolutely you know we're it's have you heard the uh the sr-71 speed story the pilot talks about when oh, he's yes. coming over the ground yeah. check yeah it's always fun you guys haven't seen and listen to that listen to it it talks about radio chatter and how all of the uh air traffic controllers sound the same yes. and Everybody's always, and I've done it. I've done it probably twenty times as you do, you know, actual, you know, ground ground speed check with the with 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 your air traffic controller to see what your speed is. You know, the sense that comes yeah, in is one hundred three knots, you know, or whatever 103, 103 true over 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 ground, and then and then and then it comes up to where you know a twin baron or something like that comes in and asks for it, and he's you know he's two two hundred, and then a, an F eighteen pops in, and you know he's sitting at six hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he says he was with the brand new crew chief yeah. or crew 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 guy in the back, and he goes right then and there. I knew that we were meant to be because he says right when I was going to push the mic, he pushes the mic and asks for a speed check. <laughs> and they say, you know, we got you at one thousand nine hundred ninety nine miles per hour. 
uh, over ground. And he goes, well, ground, I got to set an even 2,000, but that's okay. You know? <laughs> and it was complete silent from that point no, on. But nobody asked again. No, well, that, that, so that, that, that plane to work on that, and, and again, a lot of people that don't know it, you know, the U2 when that thing flew, it's an adventure to land it because they've got to say ch chase, chase. Well, you basically have out. to almost crash land it in a sense because it's a flying glider. Yeah. And so getting those wings to come down is really tough. So they, they have what they call a chase, you know, a chase car that counts them down because they can't see below. It's mm -hmm. basically a, a bicycle style, um, you know, wheels. Yeah. And so they have I've actually, I've actually seen one land um, here at Van Nuys airport. You know, they, really? they, uh, they would oh. bring them in for air shows every once in a while. And yeah, those little bicycle type wheels on the wingtips. Once they, I think, yeah, once they, I think they would, run. they would drop off when it would take off. Right. That's correct. Yeah. That's pretty, I've never gotten to see one. I've seen one in person. I've never seen one, you know, take off or land. So that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Well, so, we used to laugh about it because they, the Navy tried to use that aircraft for um, landing on testing it on actual carriers no way and, and so we said and they actually did and we had a you know the arrestor hook the grab that was built into the system still it was in there wow. the whole time we worked on it but we used to joke about it all the time and said they had to stop doing it because they lost too many chase cars i stood up for that one <laughs> see, how, see how it is with him you know but it, you know it's pretty cool is, is talk about first off discipline Let's talk about discipline and friendship. You and I, oh, I'm going to try not to get emotional. You know, yesterday marked the day, the, the second anniversary of my mom's, losing my mom. And, you know, you, my mom loved you. You love my mom. But discipline comes through friendship, too. It does. It does. You've got to be disciplined to, to remain a friend. And True friends are always friends. They're always, under, always. Under every even, circumstance. Even when you have to chase me down to communicate because my life is, he's sitting there yesterday. My phone's just going, bing, 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 bing. And, uh, you know, he's, he's had those moments in his life. So, so, you know, military, the discipline paid off, you know, you had a oh, great yeah. career, yeah. um, and fully retired now, uh, small business. You know, when I met you, you guys were real active. You guys were, I mean, you guys were just pumping it. And here's the deal is you'll say, you know, I, I wouldn't call what you did. And even, even the struggles we had, those weren't failures. Those were growth modes, you know, cause your company's still teaching. there. It is. And it's, and, and it's discipline to stay to stay calm and not freak out. It would have been really easy for you and Souk or even a, any of us, millions of us to freak out and oh wait and, 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 and just move on to something completely different and never go back to it. So, so we're hanging out with you guys. Souk's lovely. Um, she's just, she's <laughs> my kid. Our kids all grew up together. So oh, yeah. we watched, you know, yeah. we watched the kids, you know, go through high school and junior high and elementary school. And Darren was just a, a, a little wee one, you oh, know, yeah. and so Snook, you know, with Darren, uh, all of our kids, but Darren with Sook sitting on her lap and Sook is from Korea. Oh yeah. And so, you know, she's got this spunk with you. You do not screw with Sook. Yeah. I mean, just, you just don't, <laughs> I don't either, but we, you know, we've gone out and celebrated <clears throat> birthdays in and everything. And she, you guys are just fun, but they're ended to doing nails, right? Her and yeah. Diane and, Sook took off after it and decided as a, a way to help survive the 08 is to start doing nails. Yes. And, and that kind of led into is that I always call it, we were talking last night, is your wife efforts and your vision. As being an entrepreneur, as your wife, you know, had this survival mode going sure. to go do something. And then you turned it into 
something completely different. And so kind of talk about your building, building that new business and, 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 and more importantly, probably the discipline between partners, you know, husband and wife and get oh, to yeah. that point. Well, and, and it's interesting. You'll hear me say it. If you ever come over to our salon and I'm there, you're going to hear me say that I learned more about nails than I should ever learn. <laughs> But hold on. So we go from SR 71s to to fingernails and to cheese, cutting (laughs) the cheese, cheese, cutting the cheese and nails into nails. But it really what happened was um, when the economy turned, I looked at my brother and I said, one of us is going to survive in this real estate and and the property management. You've got a you got a broker's license. You're better off in this than I am. And so as we left, my wife looked at me and said, well, doing nails is pretty easy to learn. I can go do this. And then she, she kind of had a rude awakening too, because it's a lot of study. It was a lot of different things she didn't expect. It wasn't just doing nails. You had to learn. She had to discipline herself to learn a lot of things in the industry as far as cleanliness and and taking care of stuff. So it's just beyond in any business, it's always going to be beyond just doing that item. You've got to learn beyond that. And a lot of people don't realize that. And she um, she learned it real quick. And and now if you come to our salon, which you have, mm-hmm. um, you come in there, it's clean. It And it's a demand that she demands on the people. But the difference was, is I saw a vision of business. I saw taking her skill, building her into teaching her more management skill to be able to run the salon because I couldn't be there. Um, but she learned to run the salon and the first salon that we purchased, we purchased it through the people that trained her to do nails. The, the individual there, the two individuals, they were really good at business and they had a business model that I saw that I said, that'll work anywhere. And I took that business model and I said, we're going to, I want to buy one from you because it was already started that way. Well, my wife through her, her efforts built that, in a five-year period, she built it to where it looked like people climbing over each other. It was just so busy. And I said, I looked at her and she goes, well, finally, I'm going to get a paycheck. And I said, no, we're going to move. I'm going to build you a bigger one. And we built what I would consider to be probably the largest nail salon in the Northwest. Um, I can't guarantee that because I haven't gone to every nail salon, but most of them are built really small. But we built it around clientele to give them space, give them comfort. We built a, a pedicure room that's totally separate from the, the actual nail area so you can listen to music and stuff in the nail area, have a good chit chat, but you go in the pedicure room and you relax. And I built it that way with a future in mind to where my wife honestly fought me, <clears throat> fought me all the way because she didn't see the vision of where this could go. I see the vision of where it's going and where it's almost getting there to that point to where now we have extra space. We're actually adding in esthetician work. We're adding in eyelashing work. So we're adding things into there now beyond what we originally dreamed we'd even do. And, but now it's to a point that we have to look at it more as a business, not just a salon. Absolutely. And that's where we get to that point. The discipline side of us now has to be, let's build other people to help us, you got to get out of the way. We do. We have to get out of the way and we have to teach other people how they can, they can help themselves in here, Mm -hmm. which is what I really love about any business. If you can help other people come along and they can actually become something along with it, 
Absolutely. Their, their, their opportunity, business, their business is going to be great and it helps our business. We get nothing unless we teach them. Absolutely. You know, a couple of things that you said is always, there's always more details, you know, is there's always more when you start a business and you launch a business or even, you know, is we, we get into something new, you know, is that since we brought Chris on, you know, it really, it's freed up so much uh, mind energy. Um, and, and we've been able to go places and do things that we really didn't think of before. PNS with Double Black, same way. And then Bob, Bob always has, Bob Phillips with PNS, I love this saying, is he always says, we've always got to try to get out of our own way. Is, and I love that saying because we, we do. So many times as entrepreneurs, we're the, we are the dam. We're, we're what's slowing things down and, and pushing things out because we don't delegate very good. Well, it, because like I said before, you and I talked about this last night. We sit back and look at it as, well, this is our baby and we mm -hmm. have to continue to control mm -hmm. and continue to run it. What you have to learn in my mind, what you have to learn to do is to be able to step back and figure out. It's just like our, our manager. I looked at her straight up and I said, you are more of an asset to me not doing nails than you are Absolutely. to be doing nails. And I need to teach you how to do that. To manage the business. <clears throat> you manage it. We're going to pay you to manage it. You build that even further and further. That frees us up some time. If we want to go further with anything else, we can, or we can sit there and be a backup to help her. Absolutely. So, let, let, you know, scalability, that's the other thing I just wrote down right now as we're doing that is you, you mentioned it as scalability. You saw a business as being an entrepreneur and then being a, you know, you know, in the military, any paramilitary organization where it's law enforcement, fire, EMS, military itself, is it teaches you command structure and it teaches you systems and processes. And it, it, you know that's what the military is all about. Oh sure, you know it's yeah. systems chain of command. Oh chain of everything. Yeah, that's it. And and so really, if people, if you can get that into you and, and understand businesses, it's no different. It's all systems and processes. But you've learned, as I've learned, and most of us that are entrepreneurs have learned, is you got to be able to. There's rules, and once you get really good and and, and you're settled in, then you learn how to break those rules. As an yeah. entrepreneur, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, because there's there's li listen, there's boundaries when you first start because of knowledge and know-how and money. You know, you oh, don't yeah. have enough oh, of yeah. it, right? You you could always build a bigger salon. Oh, yeah. You could always go better, but you got to be able to you got to be able to you know pay the finance, pay the piper, so to yes. say. But scalability, it's really cool. So okay, I'm going to tell a quick story. Okay, so we're back up in Idaho. Darren's doing um be before she became a hardcore teenager. She did a lot of mountaineering with me and orienteering. Matter of fact, it's funny because there's yep. a compass sitting right here. But um, we go up, and she was born in right at the base of the Rockies in, in Idaho. You know, we first lived when you met us. So she wanted to do a big mountain with me. So we went up and did Thompson Peak up in the Sawtooth Mountain Range above right. Redfish. And we, we, we missed – it was in October. We were up there for business, and we missed the summit by like 600 feet because there's a pretty significant snowstorm that came in. And we decided when we were trudging through about a foot of snow that we probably had no business going up to the peak, you know? No further. Uh, I was going to hand me that helmet. Is that I was going to take, and, and this is this is my one of my search and rescue helmets. These guys were going to come out looking for us if we kept going. So we decided, hey, you know what? Let, let's turn back and enjoy the view. We'd seen elk. We'd seen moose. We'd seen, we'd seen a, uh, we'd seen a, which I had never seen. Couldn't tell you it was a grizzly for sure, but it sure looked like one from a distance, and I'm glad oh, it was from sure. a distance. 
So we're sitting there and we're on this. I'll never forget it. We're, we're down to about, oh, 9,000 feet. And we're enjoying the view. It's snowing lightly. And she looks at me and she goes, Dad, you know, we're sitting here. We did some mountaineering. I'm figuring tomorrow we go to Dwayne and Sukes and we get pedicures, pedicures, manicures, pedicures. Yep. And I went, let's go. And she goes, really? No, yeah. And she goes, have you ever done that? And I said, nope. Let me tell you, I went into their salon. The first thing that happened, I walked in. What is Disneyland? Disney, Walt Disney set it up that it's an experience. He knew that he had to take and entertain people, but engage people and make it the friendliest place on earth. You guys created an, an experience. When you totally. walk in there, it was it was like, I was like, damn. When I, then when I'm getting my, what do they call them? What's the short term? Manny, Manny Penny or Manny Petty? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I don't yeah. know. So I'll teach you the term. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm getting, and I don't like my feet touched, like by nothing. Man, those girls could have done whatever they wanted to my feet. And, and the, but then they were blown away because the search and rescue, my, the amount of, of callousing oh, that's sure. on my feet, not gross. I keep them pretty clean, but they're like, hey, what's this hump back here? And I said, uh, that, don't take that off. That, that took years to build, man. That keeps my boots yep. on. And, but it was, the thing was, it was such a cool experience that, I wanted to go back again and again and again. Now we did go back. It wasn't the same because you guys have built such a, you know, somewhere Clientele else. Base. It what's that clientele base? Well, it was was it was just your guys' experience. We came when we came back here. Here we are in California. We couldn't find the same level of experience. Right to your point, you know, in the Pacific Northwest, that you guys, it wasn't just the size. It was the cleanliness. It was the environment. It was the the lack of smells. It was, it it was a a very nurturing experience. And for somebody that never had done that, and you know, kind of kind of a macho dude, for me to feel that way, the women or people, the professionals sure. that go in there are used to it, had to be blown away because that was just. I mean, it was it was mind boggling. Well, cool it was. And one of the things is it created a big challenge for us, but mm -hmm. it's a good challenge. Mm -hmm. um, we literally, most of our nail technicians are booked out three to four weeks in advance. So they're wow. staying busy constantly. Wow. Um, the challenge is, is new customers trying to get them in. And we tell them, once we get you in, stay on a steady schedule with it. And so we keep that on that steady schedule. And I mean, looking at your business, it's kind of the same thing. Absolutely. You want, want to keep the cars coming in. You want to keep things going on. Mm -hmm. So you work on rebuilding your clientele. You're not trying to get new clientele all the time. You're trying to keep the good ones staying with you. And then as you have extra time, you build new clientele into it. Did you guys just hear that? It's, service to exist. Listen, you'll get to a point to where if you just service fewer better and you service who's – I've, I've preached that, brother. It's so good to hear somebody from another industry. Service those people you got. You won't need too many new clients. No, and what's interesting is is that literally people are begging to get into us to where our girls, if they're sick one day, it makes it tough because now they're out of schedule. Luckily, with our nail technicians we have, most of them will say, hey, I'm going to come in on a Sunday and take care of you or, or a Monday. And the clients love that even more than anything because like they took care of me. And then they yeah. just want to make sure they're coming back. And, and so that the, again, the return clientele is critical. Yep. So, and, so let's talk about for a second, a lot of people they hear you guys, you guys have done very well. You're away from your business right now. It's being managed. It's making you money. And that's, you know, it's, I can't remember. I think it was, uh, gosh, dang it. I don't even know who it was. Um, 
probably Warren Buffett said that you know that you're a proper entrepreneur when your company is making money while you sleep. Um, and, and while you guys aren't open 24-7, my point to saying that is you're away from your business and still making money. Well, I woke up this morning and my phone was already telling me people were in the salon. How, so how cool is that? It, it, it truly, you can build, and I don't care what industry you're in. It's, uh, my dad was vice president of Albertson's Bakeries. It's the same thing. Joe Albertson's didn't build that business on one person. He literally looked at it and he said straight out, and it, as kids, he used to tell us, he says, I'd rather sell one piece of gum to a thousand people for mm -hmm. a cheap price mm -hmm. that they enjoy than to sell an expensive price of piece of gum to one person. Yeah. Well, cause repetition and everything well, you else. lose that one person. So now a lot of people might not know what that Albertson's bakery is. Albertson supermarkets were founded in, in right there in Boise. Um, and so your dad was a big part of that back in the building stage when Joe, it's Joe Albertson's supermarket. Remember that? Little, yes. That little, remember. Chris, do you remember that? You, you, you might be no. too young. The bakery department was my dad's. Wow, that's unreal. <laughs> so, okay, here's the tie-in. Guess where Chris is moving here in the next, as soon as his wife gets a her, her credentials. So, or, or trying. That, that's, yeah. the, yeah. that's the plan. He's falling in love with it. And so, you know, and it's funny because our team, we've got such a strong team influence up there, you know, and, 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 and we've got Sydney's up there. You know, she's in sure. the foothills. Where we Remember our, when we were looking up at, uh, um, what's her development called? Hidden Springs. Hidden Springs. Oh, we yeah. looked at that oh, one yeah. house before yeah. we, and so it was funny because yeah. she was, we went up there. Do you know what that house is worth now? Oh, wait. Oh much. my God. It was like, it's like 1.3 million. I'm like, yeah. holy crud, yes. man. That's crazy. So let's get back to this a little bit. So bigger growth. You didn't give up your day job. I talked a lot, a lot about this. So don't be shy. You know, you kept the discipline there. Diane and a lot of people don't realize, Dan, Diane, I'd come home from, from detailing in in when in the early days from being mobile and then in the latter day, you know a couple of three four years in from the shop I'd get home about four thirty and Diane would go wait tables and you guys remember those days oh, yeah. we met you you kept your day job and and well and, it wasn't a day job it was a night it job. was an overnight job you kept your but you you kept your main hustle for I remember telling kind of getting on you hey dude when are you gonna in, you know when are you gonna get rid of that thing when are you get it because it kills you right. It kind of sucks well, your soul out of you, you know? The whole thing when we moved, when we talk about, you know, the whole thing is on hardcore discipline. We're talking about this. The whole thing that happened to me mm -hmm. was I worked from Sunday night through Wednesday night when we opened the new salon because Suk had to be on her table. So Tuesday and Wednesday, she wasn't on her table. She ran the front of the, the salon because it yep. was so big. You couldn't yep. do it without. I had to come in on Thursday morning, take over Thursday, Friday, wow. and Saturday mornings. We did that for after working two years after working twelve-hour shifts. Yeah, I'd, I'd come home, get about two, three hours sleep. I'd go in and start answering phones. I'd go from cutting cheese to talking to people about nails. <laughs> oh and, man! And it, you know, like I said, but she couldn't have done it herself. No. Um, so it was a team effort. And in any business, if you're a husband and wife, a, a partnership of any sort. It's got to be a team effort. It can't be one-sided. Everybody has to be there to help. And yeah, that's pretty cool. So you're really, we've talked about it a lot, and you've always been this way, is, is, is your staff, is building people up is a huge part of your culture, giving them opportunity to take and go from 15 bucks an hour to, you know, 20, 25 bucks an hour. How important is it to build up? You know, a lot of people want to, 
when they when they start a business, they want to pe keep people down. Hey, you know, you're going to do this and this. Man, I, I, I think we share a passion in, in that we, we want to see people grow with you know, opportunity. This takes me back to the military again. I always learned in the military as being a supervisor. I found the ones that wanted to learn. I found the ones that could be good. And I wanted to take them along with me because they made me look good. And as I built them, mm -hmm. they were able to help me. If, if I went up, I took them along with me because those were the ones, one, you could trust. And, and the other issue you, you get, I mean, I looked at it even yesterday. We stood out there with the horses yesterday. Yeah. Yep. And I look at the way the horses react. They follow you because you take care of them. Yeah. And as you go out and do these things with people, if you can build somebody up, they'll give you the, the trust, long enough trust to build them to where they need to be. They're going to be as successful or more successful. Um, I used to think people in the military hated me the way I trained them and taught them. Mm -hmm. And then now through Facebook and everything else, I've had many of them come back and thank me for, for being their trainer because I taught them more than they thought they'd ever learn. And, and right they're way. still using it. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's gone on for their whole life. And so that made me feel good because that's kind of always been my thing. I look at people as more family than, than friends or, or workers. You know, it's, it's funny because the, on the air side of, of the military is that I was at, I, I was at something and I remember we're on a, we're on a, uh, I'm back to being at a joint operation base to where it's all, all branches. We've got everybody, everybody there. And it's funny because I was talking to an air force guy one day and, and, um, they, they said he was an officer and he's telling me, he goes, you know, we've really gone to where it, when it's possible in these specialty teams to where it's relationships before rank to where we really put a lot into the, the you know, the rank structure is still very, very, I mean, it's there, right? Your, your military bearing, your command, all that's there, but they feel it's very important to build up those relationships. I, that was my last job in the Air Force was an instructor teaching quality Air Force. Really? We were teaching every rank we were teaching, find the person at the lowest rank, Help them first of all learn what they need to know, then listen to what they have have to say because that's going to tell you how you can guide the whole rank system because oh, a new person sees things you don't see. Oh yeah, you know I had a I had a colonel explain this, and it was it was it was online. I saw this, and the guy's a Fulberg colonel, right? And this is I don't care if you've got one person in your organization or you've got a big operation. Is he explained it like this? He says. The structure is like a tree, and he says, and if you imagine the big tree is that the leadership is the top monkey up at the top of the tree, and then there's all these monkeys all the way down to the ground level, and he says, well, as the, as the top monkey up at the top, you look down, you see all these smiling monkeys that want to make you happy, and you see all these smiles and all these smiles. He says, but you know what happens with the, with the, with the, with the monkey at the bottom? When they look up, you see a lot of monkey ass. Yeah. And he says, and so he says, a lot of times leadership needs to come down to the bottom of that tree because you see smiles pointing up, but you see a lot of ass from the bottom up. And you got to take the time to see what the people at the bottom floor are looking at. And a lot of times it's not smiles, it's ass. Yeah. And I thought wow, that was a great way of putting it because oh, yeah. we don't travel up and down that leadership tree much. We no. get at the top and you know, we listen to it and, you know, or, or see it. And, and a lot of times we don't hear the facts when, even if you're one person, you don't hear the facts, you know? So Chris, how much monkey ass do you? <laughs> do you, do you <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I was just thinking. I was just thinking about that. <laughs> okay, shut up. We don't want to talk about that right now. Um, but it's seriously, it, 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 and, and you think about the discipline, and you know, you don't have to be in the military to get discipline. Hardcore discipline is is. I, I think part of it is that it's the way you're brought up, and then a lot of it's in your yourself of making it happen. You know, as Chris is going through it right now with with working out, I think it's I think working out and training is one of the one of the fundamental ways to get yourself disciplined. You know, it comes out to why why does the military so hardcore on having new recruits make their bed the right way? Oh well, yeah. discipline. They're six by six. Yeah, they're folding your underwear six by That's six. Exactly. And they measure it, and if it ain't right, they throw it, and make you do it again. That's exactly That's, it. You it know, teaches several things. Uh, chain of command. Yep. Who's it? Who's your boss? Yeah. You know, but you know, I learned over the years in the military, being a boss is not always the best thing. No. Being part of the team is a huge absolutely. Thing. And I've never, honestly, I mean, I've always worked for places that they always say, "Oh, we're a team environment," but it's just words. And it's like in our nail salon, we bring a new nail technician in. Our team literally grabs that individual and helps and guides them, shows them what to That's do. Huge. And and they feel as part of the team. And the ones that don't feel like they want to be part of that team, they don't last. The ones that become part of that team, they're they're still there. We've got nail technicians, which is unheard of, going into four and four and a half years with us. It's not normal. They no, normally last. Usually, they go get their own business or they go do something else. Absolutely. They move on. And, yeah. And they're not. They, but they it, stay because of the team. They, they feel comfortable with the team. Well, and you've created such a great environment there. It's hard to beat. And here's the other thing is that when you create that, you know, that environment and you create a cool place to work and you're not screaming at people, you're not carrying on, you're not being ass, you're not, but yet you give them opportunity. Well, you got to remember, Sue. Yeah, she's pretty hardcore. I, I'm scared to death of her. She's this big, uh, but I swear to God, man, she raises her voice. I stand straight up, man. Oh, yeah. I'm like, man, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. I mean, she is scary. It. Uh, I've seen her. I've seen her. I've seen her carry her own. We'd be out dancing or something like that. Some of you get a little inappropriate, man. She liked him up. We had. <laughs> we just sit back and go, okay, watch this. Here it comes. Wait for it. Wait coming. for it. This poor coming. guy's gonna get something that he has no idea what he's gonna do. You need another shot. That's exactly <laughs> it. And so you know, let's let's go into this. Is is wrapping it up? Is one piece of advice for people building their empires, big or small? You know, what 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 would you leave with them today? I honestly would say that that. You would want to always, big or small, always look at it. One is going to be big. Um, you've got to, you've got to, mm. you've got to envision the future as that's going to be big, and you better plan for it to be big, or you're going to be behind the curve. So, and I use it as the example I told you last night: phone system in a nail salon, unheard of. Couple of computers up front for people to use, unheard of. They all do it on their phones and everything. My again, we fought it all the way, and I said, I'm doing it, and I did it. Now, everybody sits back and goes, How could we do it without it? Plan for the future, bring people along with you that one you can trust and that you enjoy being around because as you get big, you're going to want to spend time with them. I do, and you don't want to be with people you don't enjoy spending time with, but you want to train, teach, and, and give them all your knowledge, give them everything because as you give them that knowledge, it's just going to help you in the future. So, so, so that's, that's really sound advice. And, you know, I never, I always, I, I think everything in business because of, again, my background of growing up and I always envision, I never envisioned me being tiny and I never envisioned me being 
a failure. I always, I always, but you know, here's the problem with me that I had. I also didn't ever envision me being at the highest level because I didn't think I deserved it. No, you deserve it. Well, but I didn't think that. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think that. I, I always thought that I was just wasn't going to be the smartest guy there. But I never still, even though thinking that, I knew I wasn't going to be. I, I Here's the deal. I knew I'd be in the heavyweight division. I just didn't know if I could beat Mike Tyson. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. I thought I could get to that level without beating him, but guess what? I still don't think I could beat Mike Tyson. If I got in the ring with that dude, I'd let him hit me just to get the money out of it, but I'd want him to put me out of my misery. Like, Actually, that's not true. I, I don't think either one of us, I think we'd fight back. You know, you'd you'd toy with us, but we know. don't know anything but fighting. No, right? yeah, it's true. It, it Go toy back to with 2008. Us. So I know the question is going to come up, and you know what? I, I've got a challenge right now is that when Chris and I are back up in Idaho, and it's going to happen probably before the end of the year, we're going to go get our nails done, Chris. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had a, a, a manicure or a pedicure? No. You, you, I'm telling you what, once you have it. I'm going to explain something to you about a pedicure at least. Yep. If you go talk to a podiatrist, they're going to tell men need pedicures worse than women because we're always on our feet. We're always on concrete floors. We're always working hard. We got boots on and everything else. Your feet are, is literally the start of where all your nerve endings go. And that actually damages you by not getting them. Absolutely. So. It, it's amazing. It's a cool experience. So, hey, guys. Dwayne, thanks, buddy. You're this welcome. Was pretty cool. What an honor. So, hey, guys, smash that like button. Uh, take and make sure to comment. And uh, if you're on our YouTube channel, subscribe. Uh, share this if somebody if you've got something out of it. It's not that often that we get somebody, an SR-71 or YouTube spy plane, uh, dude that's been real and especially one of my really 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 good friends so it's been hey, could, could I can I put you on the spot real quick though do you have a cool sr71 or YouTube story you can share with us um, I probably got several of them I don't know how many I can share but um, um, it, it, you know I'll, I'll give I've you a couple I'll, I'll, I'll couple. give you an example of when we took a u2 aircraft down to Puerto Rico <laughs> and we went down with uh, what we called wrist kits that held the uh, actually held the toolboxes inside of them. And we went down with the wrist kits completely empty, but the toolboxes were all over the aircraft going down on a C five. And when I got down there, I asked our, our commanding officer, I says, why are these things empty? And he said, well, you'll see when we go back, he said, they won't be empty. Best rum you can buy. Oh, is down there. oh, oh, oh. <laughs> So like I That's said, so, so and again, because you can take so much along anyway, even on a commercial airplane. So everybody is able to bring a couple bottles of rum and stuff back. So we went to the rum factory and saw it. One neat thing that they told me at the rum factory is if you look at it, it looks like a bat on the rum. Mm -hmm. It's not. They call them meanies down there that bite you. They're little gnats. But when you look at them under a microscope, they look like a bat. And it's a nut. And it's a it's a what they call memes. They bite you. They 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 jam. So, but like I said, so they but they've obviously transformed it into the bat is the right. big thing. Absolutely. But, but they tell us the story down there that it's the them little things that bite you. I guess the rum's supposed to do the same. I'll so. be damn. Wow, that's pretty cool. So you guys go down there, you know, official sr-71 team, and then load up the toolboxes with rum. Yeah, we were there with the U two on that one. Oh, but, yeah. that's yeah. that's. Yeah. A, 
Well, that, that's our 71. We just launched it out of Beal and let it go over there on its own and then come back in right. a couple hours. So. I, I heard, I will finish with this. I was talking, I got to meet a couple through through my adventures at Oshkosh. I was doing that back in the day when we met. I was yes. real active with Oshkosh and going and speaking. And I met a couple SR-71 uh, drivers. And it was pretty cool because they actually, they brought one in uh, at one of the, the 100th anniversary. So tw- 2003 was the 100th anniversary of flight. And they had one there, and I met the driver. I'd met him before, and we're talking, and um, they had a crew down there, uh, maintenance crew, you know, doing some work on it. And I, I got to go down there, and I was talking with him, and I said, man, I said, what, uh, what's all the buckets? And uh, he goes, well, this thing, he says, it doesn't leak. It marks its territory. Yeah. And he says, when an SR-71 comes in, and he says, it, 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 a lot of people say it leaks. It's not leaking. It's like a dog. It's marking its territory. Pretty much. It's telling it. It's telling the ground that the SR seventy one was in the room, and it's leaving everything on the ground. But that thing, I mean, expansion and contraction and everything. Well, else. that's what people don't understand. A lot of people, if you don't know anything about the SR seventy one, basically, it was a leaking pig on the ground when it had fuel on it. But as soon as it got up in the air, they the designers had to design it around that because when it goes as fast as it would go and as hot as it would get, it would expand the panels that would close up that fuel so it didn't leak no more. Wow. So when it took off, it hit a uh, KC-135, fueled up again, even though it was fueled on the ground. They fueled up again. That way, when it got to speed, it would, it would seal. They'd do their mission. They'd come back. It lands. When it finally cools down, it starts leaking any of that fuel out again that they, they have left. So <laughs> it's pretty but cool. If they're flying all the time, it doesn't do that because the sealant will last. But if they, a lot of them would sit on the ground all the time. But if they were deployed somewhere, they didn't leak as much because they were flying like two airplanes. They'd fly one one day, one the next. They would be flying them all the time. So they didn't leak uh, as bad. It's my, my, mind-boggling what goes into that stuff. But uh, I mean, our friend, uh, our friend Evan up at the Museum of Flight posted a picture the other day. Um, he got to go in there, and uh, they were cleaning up the uh, the cockpit. So he got to be in the cockpit for a little while, making sure it was all clean and tidy. I think their an- their annual little little cleanup job. Yeah, I'd go up for free on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, they're amazing airplanes. They really were. I mean, the technology and where it came from and how quickly they designed that just sitting down in a meeting. Uh, Kelly Johnson was just, I mean, he was amazing as an engineer. That came out of Skunk Works, right? That's yes. Skunk Works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diane was, Diane was a security an- analyst with Skunk Works for a bit when we first got together. So, well, hey, everybody. I take uh, What's that? Cool stuff. It was. Well, Dwayne, thanks, buddy. Oh, you're it's welcome. A pleasure. Appreciate it. So we're going to go tap off on some uh, SR-71 coffee, uh, a.k.a. Swirl Killer. And uh, it's fast. It's real fast. Uh, so, Chris, hey, thanks a lot, buddy. Good, go go to the gym. Go train this morning, bud. And there you we'll, go. All right. We'll catch up. And uh, for those Mafia members, we'll see you at uh, the, the Jersey of Mafia weekend this weekend. And uh, I'll be posting some pictures of this lovely little granddaughter of ours. And pretty cool. And yeah. isn't it amazing for the young guys listening how quick it went by and how oh. how you go from from single to to dad to all of a sudden I'm, I, I I look at it and I, I love my age. I think you're the same way. I don't I don't mind being my age at all. I think it's cool. I've earned all this shit. Oh yeah. You know. I'm surprised I'm still here. Yeah, me too. And it, it uh <laughs> all those times I hear hold my beer, you know. Well, with me it was my iced tea because I don't you know kind of been a wimp. Hey, I had a, I had a sip of whiskey the other day. 
it was peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter whiskey. Yeah, it was it was flavored like peanut butter. It was one of the first alcohols I've really really enjoyed. It was like had a cigar with it and sipped it, and 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 then my buddy says, you know, you're supposed to. That's a shot. You're supposed to take the shot, and that shot's last you an hour. And I was like, oh. I'm yeah, I'm savoring it. I'm enjoying it with a cigar. So, well, uh, everybody, hey, thanks for tuning in. Sorry for the uh, the off day, but we did not want to miss it, especially with this guy being here. And so, Chris, uh, have a good day. And you guys enjoy. Be good to each other. And again, subscribe, hit it, like it. Oh, I can't wait, dude. Can you imagine how spoiled she's going to be? Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah, that kid. Oh, I can't wait, man. I'm going to just, I mean, you know, hopefully our kids, our kids, when our, when my mom, we had, we, we had a, grandparent rule there was no rules whatever our, as long as our, our as the grandparents didn't do anything that the kids could get hurt there was no rule so i'd wake up in one uh, mornings when my mom was staying with us and the kids would all be out there eating uh, this five layer chocolate cake uh on saturday morning at seven in the morning for breakfast <laughs> and and we never got upset because there's no rules because you know they weren't around she she wasn't around them every single day so we just said so hopefully we get the same treatment with our kids oh, we just get you're you know, gonna do it anyway well, we will i mean it's yeah <laughs> i mean and, and if they don't here's the deal this is a warning to the kids if you don't it's going to be chocolate cake with red bull right before you pick them up yeah so you know <laughs> play nice because if not the red bull's coming right. out that'd well, be this, cool. cool this one's a little young for chocolate cake right now so you're gonna not have to wait for long, not for long not for long. You know, it's funny because Delaney, our, her first birthday party, we held it even though we were in Idaho. We came down here because, you know, we wanted my mom and, and, and at that time my grandma was still around. And Delaney got a cake, you know, for her first birthday, right? And, and she got so covered in icing. There's a picture of me washing her in a bowl, in a big, like, salad bowl. And that's how small she was because she was a small baby. And, and, and it's funny to think that because to me, it just seems like yesterday and now she's got a kid. I tell people all the time when they have their babies, I look at them straight out and I said, and I did it with yours. I said, just remember next week they're getting their driver's license. That's exactly and it. And they're starting college and they laugh and everything else. I said, I'm not joking. No. And that's how fast Bam. it goes. It happens. You know, it happens. And then when they start getting their driver's license, nice with facebook i can just look at them and say huh i told you they're yeah it. that's exactly it well hey you guys take care of yourself man we're gonna get out of here he's got to get back to vegas chris have back a good day grandkids that's all it all right guys have a good one see ya